Hey, this is Dr. Mike Barnett. It is an awesome privilege to fill the pulpit every Sunday at the First Baptist Church of Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Having you listen to our messages on this podcast is an incredible blessing as well. And I pray that you will be encouraged in the Lord as you listen. It is vital that you commit yourself and your family to the Lord through the ministry of a local church. While it is a great blessing to have you listen to our messages, no one will be able to minister the Word of God to you and your family like a local pastor. So please do not consider this podcast as a replacement for your presence in your local church on Sunday. Be faithful, get connected, and God bless. If you have your Bibles, open them up to the book of Romans today. Romans, the 15th chapter. Today is a unique Sunday in many ways, as sometimes holiday Sundays are, and we have a lot of people out of town, and um, you can tell by our orchestra, but our lovely choir's up here, amen? Thank you, choir. And you're here, we preach to who's here, and we, we uh, worship our Lord who never, ever takes a vacation. But I thank God that people get to go and be with families and enjoy uh, their life that's part of what God would have us to do. I usually, as you know, am preaching through books of the Bible. We just finished the book of Obadiah. Before that, we were in 2 Peter. Just prior to that, we preached through 1 Peter. And um, before that, we were in the Gospel of John. And I think uh, in my years here as pastor, I've preached through 26 of the books of the Bible, verse by verse. And that means I have a lot more to go. And I hope I do get to finish. I hope you don't say, get out and don't come back, preacher. But, um, and I hope I live long enough to finish every verse of the Bible uh, from the pulpit. I've taught every verse of the Bible, but I've never preached every verse of the Bible. And I um, look forward to doing so. The next book we will be in is the book of uh, 2 Samuel. Uh, we'll start that in January. I needed to give myself a little time. And I want to tell you, Miss Tracy and I were talking about 2 Samuel this morning. Uh, that is a, that's a strong book now. I mean, uh, um, if you, if you uh, made a movie out of it, it would uh, be a pretty bloody movie. There's some chapters in there that are pretty bloody and rough and hard, but it's the Word of God and we're going to preach from it, and I'm looking forward to it. And so... Today, though, is a unique sermon. I'm kind of out of my element, but I need to do this, and I think a pastor needs to do this from time to time, and just talk to you about the church, this church, the First Baptist Church of Ocean Springs, and to talk to you about some things that we need to have on our mind and on our heart, some things we need to be in prayer about, some things you need to know, every one of them. Every single one of them are positive, and I'm grateful for that, and I'm thankful for that. And every single one of them have a connection uh, to the Word of God, and I'm blessed about that. And so today's message is a little bit different, and I want to read uh, Romans chapter 15, uh, verses 1 through 6. And so I invite you to follow along. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us 
please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. This is a wonderful text of Scripture that Paul writes to the Roman church, the church at Rome. And he talks about the unity of that body of people and what their minds were on and what they need to be thinking about because the battle for everything we do begins in the mind. We have to always have our thinking right. The whole book of Philippians is about this. And Paul says here that our thinking, our mind, does not need to be according to the pastor of the church, nor does it need to be according to any group in the church, but our mind needs to be according to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's His mind that we need to uh, be based upon. How He thinks, we must think. What He focuses on, we must focus on. And so... um, We have a marvelous Savior. We have a marvelous head of the church, and His name is Jesus. And to Him be glory and majesty and dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. And that needs to be our focus, is His focus. Our thinking is His thinking, and our doing, His doing. Verse 6 of our text speaks of being with one mind. That is a wonderful expression throughout the New Testament, written to the churches. One mind, thinking about the same things and thinking about all that is about the same things. This is a, it's translated with one mind in our text. Other places it's translated one passion. It means one passion. Uh, In the book of Acts, it is that they were in one accord the unity of the church, and uh, it speaks to the church being unified in the thinking and the mind of Christ. And so what I want to do today, and I feel like we need to do this today, is I want to share with you some things that um, we need to be one mind about, that First Baptist Church, Ocean Springs, needs to have one mind, the mind of Christ about. And all of these things that I'm going to talk to you about today have to do with a a process, leadership and and guidance of the Holy Spirit. This just didn't happen overnight. This is not a Saturday night special. These are things that uh, we um, have been considering and praying about as leaders in the church and uh, some of the things that we do and uh, some future plans, the ways we operate here. Our, our operation, uh, and so we need to talk about that, and I have organized it. I was, it really worked out good. 
uh, a preacher loves a good outline. And, I, and the Lord really gave me a good outline from the 1950s. Can you believe that? When First Baptist Church became First Baptist Church Ocean Springs. F-B-C-O-S. Those are the things I'm going to talk to you about today. F-B-C-O-S. Before we were First Baptist Church Ocean Springs, we were the Tidewater Baptist Church. I am so glad we're no longer the Tidewater Baptist Church. We'd be here all night. But, uh, and we'd have to make some stuff up. But we are indeed FBCOS, and I want to talk to you about some things we need to be single-minded about and have the mind of Christ about, and believe it or not, they all fit in with the acrostic FBCOS. Are you ready? First of all, F, the faith, the faith. When I say the faith, I'm not talking about our subjective faith that you have in God. But I'm talking about what Jude calls the faith once delivered to the saints. I'm talking about the Word of God, the pages of the Bible, the truth of the Bible, the Bible itself. Ephesians chapter 4 tells us, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come into the unity of the faith. Not our subjective faith, but the unity of the Word of God, the faith once delivered to the saints, the knowledge, the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There you have... The preacher's job, the teacher's job, the evangelist's job, their goal is that we would come, all of us in the church, would come to the unity of this book, believing this book, agreeing this, with this book, learning how to apply this book, and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, complete in Christ, discipleship and growth, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In other words, the goal of the Word of God and how it is administered in the local church is for those things that we would come to the point where our life is full of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ and we live that way and we live for that and we understand that and we have to be always like-minded about the Word of God. We have to believe it is God's sovereign, inerrant, infallible Word, And we believe that here at First Baptist Church. We always have. When I came here almost 22 years ago, uh, I, uh, they asked the question, what do you believe about the Bible? And I said to them, well, I believe the Bible is the inerrant Word of God. It is without error in every area of which it speaks. It is not a science book, but if it speaks scientifically, it does so with accuracy. It is not a history book, but if it speaks of history, it does so accurately. The Bible is, is God's Word, and we have a God who does not and will not and cannot make a mistake and does not lead us astray, and He has given us a perfect treasure of divine truth. I believe the Bible, and I'm thankful to be a pastor of a church where that is not a problem. Amen. Choir, is it a problem? 
am I, I get to preach to the choir today. And so I want to tell you, we believe the Bible here. And this is, what, this is our consult. This is where we go when we have a question, when we need to determine what the church needs to do, what needs to be our mission, what do we need to focus on, what do we need to do about finances, what do we need to do about ministry to one another, what do we need to be about. Well, it's the Bible that gives us the answers. It's the Word of God. As a matter of fact, the job description of the preacher is in uh, Timothy, 2 Timothy, preach the word and be instant season out of season. Reprove and rebuke with all long suffering. So preachers told to be patient, amen? Well, we're going to be in the book together, so let's be patient with one another as we strive to learn the pages of the word of God. And so that's why here at First Baptist we preach through books of the Bible. I believe you ought to preach the way the Bible's written. And it's written in books. And so we preach verse by verse and we, we teach the Bible here. We have Bible studies on Thursdays. We have Bible studies on Sundays. We have Bible studies going on all the time. We have Bible studies off campus at different places. We believe the Bible. This is our message, the Word of God. Can we agree on that? Well, some of you, uh, I don't know. Do we agree on that? Amen. Boy, amen. Good. I, I, look, folks, don't ever be afraid to say amen. Baptists are afraid to say amen. People are going to think they're Pentecostal. <laughs> I've known you for 20 years. Ain't no way somebody's going to think you're Pentecostal. I promise you. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. I like that. That wasn't an insult. That was a joke. Just get over it. All right. <laughs> so that's our faith. That's what we believe. That's what we hold to. Not the philosophies of men, not the, not the uh, wisdom of, of gurus and church growth experts, but what God's Word says. And we strive. It's a striving that we do. Oh, I long for the day when it'll be perfected in me. And I can be obedient to the Word of God in every year of my life, having it under subject, being under subjection to Him and His written Word. So that's F, is the faith. Always be like-minded. With the Word of God. Second of all is the B, not the Bible. I don't know how that got up there, but the budget. The budget. I think I wrote Bible. I was so ready to, I was so excited about faith, so it's the budget. Can we talk about the budget? Oh man, it's just, this reminds me of, of, I was in my college church where I was a member my freshman year. Our pastor got up and he preached on 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And uh, it was a marvelous exposition of 1 Corinthians 7. And if you don't know, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it, it, it's about sex. All right? It's about sex in marriage. And boy, he just preached that. And I was standing with him after church. And, and uh, a gentleman came up to him and said, you need to... Quit preaching 1 Corinthians 7 and just start preaching the Bible. <laughs> what do you do with that? <laughs> and, uh, man, I was young and I hadn't started pastoring yet. I almost just said, I'm not going to go into this, man. This is crazy. But we do need to talk about the budget. And the Bible speaks to the budget in many areas. The Bible speaks to the budget when it says do everything in order. Have an order. 
The Bible speaks to the budget when, it's, when Paul says, on the first day of the week, bring your gifts as God has prospered you on Sunday. The Bible says, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, and there shall not be room enough to receive it. This is the only time when God gives us a command and it speaks His will to us from His Word where He says, Trust me and try me. It has to do with our money because God knows we, God knows we need a little extra help when it comes to our money. Amen? We really do. And so he says, trust me and try me. Prove me. I, I dare you to tithe and give offerings as I lead you and see what I do for you. Amen? And so the Bible teaches those things. And uh, those are general things about tithing and giving. Uh, tithes are 10% of your income that you give to the Lord. And you, that's, I've been doing it for years, tithing for years. Me and Miss Tracy, we tithe for years. I taught my children to tithe. Offerings are over and beyond the tithe. That's the Bible definition. That's how the Bible teaches it. Well, in our church, we have a budget. And we also have offerings. And I want to talk to you just briefly about the budget because these are some things that we are unified on and we have the mind on. As a matter of fact, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had our annual church conference where we approved the budget. And there were some unique things in the budget that we did this year. And uh, Brother Larry, am I telling the truth? Some unique things. And I want to tell you, the church voted unanimously uh, to do it. And so I want to give you uh, three things about the budget uh, that God has blessed us with and has given us some wisdom about. First of all, this is the first Sunday of the new fiscal year of the church. This is our first Sunday. Our fiscal year is September 1st through August 31st. Last year's budget is closed. And so about five minutes before closing time, I went to our financial secretary and I said, I want you to print me out the latest budget report. Now, that, that means just... Income and expenditures. Let me tell you, hasten to say this. I don't have a clue who gives what. I don't count the money. I'm not involved in the money. I hate it when you give me an envelope and say, I'd miss the offering plate. Can you turn this in? I don't like that because I don't want to handle the money and I don't want to see who gives what. So what does that mean? In the Greek, that means stop doing that. Amen? That's what it means in the Greek. You're Greek scholars. I don't like that. And uh, even if it's a check, because I don't want to know who gives what and how they give and all of that. that. I want that to, that's a church business. That's between God, you, and the church, not me. And um, I, I can speak for the staff. I don't think they like it either. Mail it in. We're not going to lose out after a couple of days. Or bring it by or mail it in or or slide it under the office door, or do something. And I, that's, do you understand that? Amen. Amen, thank you. Now you watch, five of you will come up. 
hey, I missed the offering plate, and can you, uh, I didn't put it in, can you put this in? Only if it's $20,000 or more. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. But anyway. And so I want to hasten to say, the budget report just says income and expenditures in a very general way. And so the budget was closed. And God enabled you and all of us to give over $40,000 more than anticipated tithes and offerings last year. That's budget year. Amen. And the new budget that we approved, we projected about that much more. So we're able to have a balanced budget this year. We always have a balanced budget. But if, if tithes and offerings to the general fund now, the general fund, the pot, if it keeps up as it did last year, we'll make our tithes and offerings again. The Lord has blessed us with that. In a year of great inflation. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And so that's very, very important. The second thing I want to talk to you about is, is in our budget is, is our building note. We, uh, we only owe, if we stay on course, this budget, this building will be paid off, the next door building will be paid off in about three years or a little less. Uh, we refinanced that at the wisdom of our budget committee back then. We refinanced it and continued paying what we were paying. So I think we pay about $1,000 more a month each month to the building note, which has brought, uh, brought it down uh, considerably. And so we're way ahead of schedule on paying that thing off. And in about three years, it should be paid off. Right now, we owe, uh, as of Tuesday, we owe... Um, $512,289.50. Now, I'll give the 50 cents. <laughs> and if you want to after church, you can come give me the 512, and I'll certainly take that, but no problem. I'm, I'm. But it's scheduled to be paid off. And when you give, uh, you, you, uh, you see on our website in giving or wherever how you give, we have building fund. And and that goes into a reserve, and we draw from it every month, plus we add budgeted money to it. That's why our budget sometimes is tight, because we, we, we um, have that budgeted into it just to be able to make the note. And I will tell you this, God's always, always provided. We have a cushion in case we get hit with another hurricane and, and uh, are down for some time. Uh, we have a cushion. And by the way, I want to tell you this, Pastors all over the country, uh, their testimony was as they were having trouble financially, their churches were struggling financially because of COVID, we never missed a lick. And I want to thank you for your faithfulness through that time. Amen. But there's another thing that, that is in our budget that's very, very important. You need to know that utility costs are going way up. And that's not because it's cold in here. All right? And it's not because somebody props the door open when they leave. It's because utility costs are going up. Amen? They're going up. And insurance down here is going through the roof. 
we were told we were looking at about a 30% increase in our insurance. And so the budget was cut, but it went up this year because of insurance and utilities and some other expenses that just naturally go up when you have, called fixed expenses that you have when you have inflation and the high cost of, of, of stuff. All right? And so the wisdom of our budget committee, um, they entered into the income portion a challenge budget of $20,000 to help defray the, uh, the uh, increase in utilities and the increase in uh, insurance that's on the horizon. Now, I will tell you, they're, they're planning on, our budget committee's planning on getting uh, bids. We, we, we put our feelers out, and they're doing a great job. And, and come around January, our insurance comes due in March. Come around January, we'll be meeting with, with, with uh, Sarah. I'm going to recuse myself because I'm friends with some of those agents, and I don't want to have any say so. So I'm not going to be in that, those long meetings. Whew, hallelujah. But anyway... Uh, but they're going to get the best rate for the best product we can in terms of insurance. But there's a $20,000 challenge budget. And it is over and beyond your regular tithes and offerings. The church, at the annual church conference, asked the church to give $20,000 over and beyond their regular tithes and offerings. And so if you want to give to that, you can, and you just need to mark your check challenge budget so we can keep a record of what is coming in in terms of challenge. And when we reach it, I can get up here and say, we have reached it. We have reached it. As a matter of fact, before it got off the ground, it starts today, by the way. It start, well, it started September 1st. But before it got off the ground, already 10% of that 20000 was already committed to being given. So really, right now, it's 18000 Amen? And so uh, that's just part of it. And I want to tell you, with all this uh, being said, God always provides, He always has, and He always will. We're not going to doubt God, and we're not going to let the budget run our mission. And if we have to do something different, we can always do something different. You know one good thing about being a Baptist church? I'm not thinking about casserole. But I want to tell you one good thing about being a Baptist church is whatever we do, we can undo. Amen. We, we can have another business meeting and say, we've got to undo or redo this. Right? And so uh, God, God has that... Uh, for us. So B, that's the budget. Now we get to move on. FBC. C is for connection. Connection. The Bible says in 1 John 6, if we say we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. We have fellowship one with another. Connection. Connection. One of the things that, that um, has been a, a project of mine is, is marrying our ministries and our programs. 
trying to encourage cross-generational connections, trying to get all of our people together with all of our people. Because if you're a young adult, you have energy that our senior adults may need. And if you're a senior adult, you have wisdom that our young adults may need. Amen? See, sometimes a young man will burn you out, right? And an older man has the wisdom. And so that's a great connection that needs to happen all the way down to to children in our church, to that age, children. And so I wanted to tell you, there's so many ways to connect at First Baptist Church. And it's time to get involved in the Sunday school class. It's time to get involved in the Sunday school class. And more classes can be started, absolutely. But it's time to get involved in the Sunday school class to care for you and then to care with you for others. That's very important. Matter of fact, Sunday school workers and teachers, stand up. Let's see. Y'all stand up. All right. Stand up. There you go. There you go. There you go. Look at here. Amen. Get involved with a Sunday school class. It's painful. It's painful. Now listen, I'm going to just be blunt with you. It's painful when somebody needs ministry and they fall through the cracks. If you're involved in Sunday school class, you won't fall through the cracks. Because that Sunday school class is going to keep tabs on you. And you're going to keep tabs on them. And so it's very important to be involved in the Sunday school class. The scriptures are taught. You can discuss the scriptures. Learn how to apply the scriptures from each other. I can go on and on about the benefits of Sunday school. But there's many connections. There's connect. We have ministries that you can connect with in our church. Children's church and worship care. Worship care is between nursery and children's church age. Benevolence ministry. You know, we have a benevolence ministry. We need workers in our benevolence who can connect with one another and uh, serve those who might need some help sometime. Uh, funeral meals. We, I mean, when, one of, when somebody loses a loved one in our church, we always provide a funeral meal. I appreciate all of you involved in the funeral meal ministry. That you know, that's a great blessing to families. People comment to me all the time, oh, that was so wonderful. And you want to get involved in that. You can get involved in that, get connected with that. We have a lot to do for one another. A lot to do for one another, to bear each other's burdens. And a lot of connection. Bible study groups. We have women's Bible study on Thursday. Miss Donna, women's Bible study on Thursday. And we'd still meet at night. At Thursday night class, Miss Kathy Weir meets. And you know, on the Thursday morning Bible study, at the end of their Bible studies, we have a new tradition here at First Baptist Church. I cook for them. I cook for those ladies. Man, we've had brisket. I did smoked brisket. It's the best they ever ate. <laughs> if you don't believe them, ask me. And, uh, and uh, we had, uh, this time we were going to have some... Uh, Chicken, whoo, smoked chicken stuffed with spinach, cream cheese wrapped in bacon, put on that smoker. Man, but we didn't get to do it. But anyway, (laughs) you can connect with people. 
And uh, you, you, you know what? If you, if you look around and you see a ministry that, that needs to be started, don't be that guy that comes up to me or Cole or Jay and says, I think we need to do this ministry. Because we're going to look at you and say, okay. Okay. What's next? If God puts something on your heart, maybe He's telling you to do it. And we'll equip you and we'll help you and we'll resource you and we'll be there with you all the way. But, but it's your way of connecting to others in the church and getting other people involved in that ministry. Homebound ministry is a great ministry. we got a wonderful homebound ministries going on. So much. And so C is connection. Get connected. Get connected and serve the Lord. Now, I'm going to tell you something you don't hear a Baptist preacher readily say. Don't get too many connections. You know what I've learned? And, and I've been a pastor for before we were married. Before we were married, I was a pastor. And um, I, I, I 38, 40 years, something like that. Preached my first sermon when I was 16 years old. It was five minutes long with a seven-minute pause in the middle. <laughs> I've come a long way. Some of you say you've come too far. <laughs> but I want to tell you one thing I've learned through the years is learn to say no. Learn to say no. I tell the staff often, we do not do the things that God has somebody else to do, even when they don't do it. Because we get outside the realm of our giftedness. See, we're gifted too, just like you. But our giftedness, all giftedness is limited to the ministries it can do. Your giftedness is limited to what it can do. But are you doing that? You see? Amen. That's good preaching whether you like it or not. So it may be God puts a ministry on your heart and you see a need in the church. He might be calling you to do it. You're the one who sees the need. So what do you do? Run and tell Jay and say, Jay, you need to do this. That's what we do. Amen. Hallelujah. No. You come up and say, hey, I believe that God may be calling me to do this. Pray with me and we'll pray with you about it. And then when God, you get it confirmed in your mind that that's what God wants you to do and it fits within the realm of biblical ministry, you'll be resourced and equipped and encouraged and helped and and, and, and we'll see what God does with it. But get connected. Get connected. And then, oh, we're going to move on quick. Oh, is for opportunities. The Bible says you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing. But to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So opportunities for outside ministries, outside the walls of this church. We have many things going on. You know, we have a we have a good, strong, assisted living ministry here in our town. 
We've got a ministry at Truewood, Miss Kathy, Deborah. Uh, where's Deborah? Oh, there you are. Okay. You're behind a microphone. We got uh, Truewood. Once a month they meet there and people come and share the Word of God and share the gospel. We go every Sunday to the lighthouse and a group of us go and hold services. That's where I go. And uh, we've got uh, uh, Coach um, Niles and Kathy Weir that go. And uh, one thing I know these two ladies will tell you, and I'll tell you, we need more. And come share the Word of God. And um, it's, a, it's a great blessing. We've had, we've had somebody saved at those ministries. Uh, did you know we have, uh, we're Stephen Brown, the home of grace every week, uh, every month, once a month, goes to the home of grace. I think Brother Larry, you go, Larry Gartman goes out there with him sometimes and, and they preach the gospel out there. Listen, you want to share the gospel in a, in a prime fertile field, go to the home of grace. They get lost people in there every Friday. They get guys in there every Friday at rock bottom. They're ready to hear the gospel. And that's a great place. Uh, we have our tailgaters Bible distribution ministry. We have um, uh, something new. My son back there working camera. Uh, he makes me look real good. We have um, uh, our uh, pregame meal for the uh, St. Martin football team. And it's brand new. This will be our, our third week coming up. And uh, we feed them. And they come in here and they all line up and we preach the gospel to them and, and uh, then they go and eat. And that's a great ministry, great outreach, gaining ground in, in uh, that area of our county. And uh, it's just a wonderful thing. Uh, Short-term opportunities. You know, every year we've got 7,000 old cars that come up and down our street right here. Seventh, we need to be out there passing out tracks and we need lay people to lead the charge. Every year we have a hundred and some odd thousand people in our front yard during Peter Anderson. We could have, you could set up a ministry table out there and pass out tracts and, and uh, minister to people and pray with people as they go by. We've done that before. and We've got to have lay people ready to go, ready to go. And uh, I, I'll tell you another one. I got a call, uh, I got a call um, the other day from a doctor in town, and she said, I'm doing a fundraiser for CASA. Court-appointed special advocate. She said, I'm doing a fundraiser for cossets for, for foster children and, and kids that are in jeopardy. And she said, I, I'm doing it at the Ryan Youth Center the Saturday before Halloween. Would your church be willing to come and uh, do, do a cakewalk or do something to a booth? And I said, well, we get to share the gospel and pass out new uh, tracts and New Testament and talk to people about the Lord? She said, absolutely. I said, we're in. Well, I said we're in, and, and at that time I should have said I'm in. Uh, I hope I can change I to we and you, amen? <laughs> we need somebody to, somebody to step up to that, or I'm going to be giving out Walmart cupcakes and gospel tracts. But anyway, uh, hallelujah, amen? <laughs> and I'll eat half of them, Miss Kathy. I'll eat half of them. So. But that's an opportunity. That's an opportunity to share the gospel, connect, and, and opportunities. They're always out there. But the last one I want to talk to you about, and I know I preached too long, is souls. F-B-C-O-S, souls. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. 
Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Souls. There's three ways, three avenues by which we minister to souls. First of all, in our giving. These are not in priority. They ought to all be, instead of like this, we need to look at them like this. But giving. The church voted at our annual church conference to increase our cooperative program giving by 10% and our associational giving by 10%. And uh, that's world missions. We're Southern Baptist Church and we, we sponsor and support world missions through the cooperative program, not to say, not to mention seminaries and and. Uh, and two big mission boards, IMB and North American Mission Board. Our Global Mission Fund, which um, you, many of you give to it every month. It's in the envelope pack you may get in the mail. It's on our uh, website to give, and you can give to it any time, the Global Mission Fund. It's divided up. Lottie Moon, which is all international missions. Annie Armstrong, which is home missions and church plants in the United States. Margaret Lackey, which is Mississippi Missions. By the way, let me tell you something. Did you know, you know what the fastest growing religion in Mississippi is? None. The nuns. Not N-U-N, N-O-N-E. That's the fastest growing religion is none. We have more people in Mississippi now, and it's growing every year that profess no religion at all. Not good ones, not bad ones, not true ones, not false ones. None at all. And don't you think it's time to get the gospel out in Mississippi? And then, secondly, going. We, through the years, we've had three-year partnerships with church planters and missionaries. We went to three years to Brazil. Did you know First Baptist Ocean Springs started five churches in Brazil? Did you know that? Yes, sir. Through our, our um, Ruth Carlisle Mission Mobilization Fund, which is, comes out of, which is funded by your giving to our Global Mission Fund, along with these others. Uh, we, we, we have those partnerships, and we took crews to Brazil. Uh, the last one we just finished is Hawaii. We helped a church planner in Hawaii. We distributed, First Baptist Church distributed a special... Bible, the Hawaiian version, not that, not that it changed the text, but it had the story of Christianity in Hawaii on the front cover. I think we just distributed, what, 3,000 of those Bibles door to door in Hawaii. Can you imagine somebody cussing out Larry and Pat Garman? I couldn't have, I'd never thought I'd hear anybody get on those two sweet people, but that old boy just let into y'all, and we just prayed for him and moved on. You know, all he had to say is, no, I don't want that Bible. But uh, anyway, uh, and next Saturday, Tracy and I, Miss Tracy and I will be leaving on a 12-day vacation. Now, we're going to be gone 14 days because two of those days we're going to be meeting with church planters in South Dakota. Now, the vacation, I don't want you to think I'm being super spiritual. The vacation was planned before the meetings. But on the first Sunday, we're going to be on the Lakota um, reservation 
with uh, some North American missionaries there talking to them about how First Baptist can partner with them. And the next Sunday, we're going to be with a church planner from Mississippi in Custer, South Dakota, who's starting a church. He hadn't even started meeting yet. But we're going to be up there with him and his family and uh, the group that he has gathered uh, before they even start in meeting and talk to him about what we can do there to help them for three-year partnerships. So there's giving and going. But there's also growing. And this is what I want to talk to you about. All that was fluff. This is the heart of the matter. The proper kind of church growth. I'm talking about right here. Right here in the blue sanctuary. The proper kind of growth is souls being saved and the baptistry waters being served. We love anybody who comes by letter. If God leads you from one church to our church, you are going to be a part of our family. We love you. I'm not discounting that at all. Don't, don't leave here thinking that. But I'm telling you, folks, if we're going to save America, we got to get Americans saved. And if we're going to save Mississippi from being none, we got to get the gospel to Mississippians. And we're right here, down here in Ocean Springs and St. Martin and Jackson County, and we need to do this. And so, soul winning and baptisms. We are announcing today something you're going to hear a whole lot about for the next year or more. And it's entitled, Who's Your Mission? Who's Your Mission? This is the way I'm leading First Baptist Church for the next year or more. Who's your mission? And what we're going to do is we're going to ask you to do six things for 2023. Six things for 2023, and we're going to keep it before you. You're either going to be rejoicing every time you hear it, or you're going to be saying, I wish he'd quit talking about it. One or the other. But I'm going to ask you to do six things, and I want you to start praying about them today. Number one, rededicate yourself to the submission to submission under the lordship of Jesus. We just read the Great Commission. And he said in the Great Commission, all authority is given to me. And we need to be under his lordship. If all authority is given to him, we need to rededicate. We need to rededicate ourselves to being obedient to the lordship of Christ. When you were saved and I was saved, what did we do? We called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes we forget that Lord part. And we need to rededicate ourselves to being obedient. If indeed we believe the faith once delivered to the saints like we started with today, then we want to recognize this is the book of our Lord. This is the book of our Lord. And He tells us to be soul winners. And that's what we need to do. Second, we're going to ask you to pray and ask God to burden you with at least one soul in the year 2023. Just one soul. It might be a family member. It might be a parent. It might be a child, a sibling, a neighbor. It might be a co-worker. Just at least one. You can pick more, but at least one soul that's lost and hell-bound and without Jesus and needs the Lord, and you choose that name and ask God to burden you for that one person. And then third, we're going to ask you to make that person 
your mission. That's why we call this, Who's Your Mission? We're going to ask you to make that person your mission. And you're going to make them your mission until the mission is accomplished. You're going to strive to win them to Christ. You're going to try to win them to Christ. You're going to work to win them to Christ. And then, fourthly, put that person's name. Put their name. Now, I know some people may want to be private and, and, and all that. You can use initials, all right? But put that person's name on our church's mission prayer list so we can be on mission together because I want to join you. Now, I'm going to pick five names because I'm asking you to pick at least one. I'm going to pick five because I believe pastor ought to do more if he can. And I'm going to pick five. But I want you on mission for those five with me just like you want me on mission for your one with you. And we can work together. And then... Number five, commit to pray not only for you, your particular mission, but the missions of your church people. And we're going to do that on Wednesday nights. Now, we're still going to have Bible study. We're still going to have choir practice. We're going to have children's programming. But I know this, after, after that midweek Bible study and training is over, we're going to say, all right, this is the list. And we're going to pray. And we're going to pray. And if Jay Rustin has a name, has his mission on that list, we're going to pray for Jay and that mission. And I want to tell you what I'm going to do, folks. I commit to praying daily. Now, if we get 100 missions, I'll pray for 10 a day or 20 a day. But I'm going to tell you what, we're going to pray for those missions. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to do what He does, and that's convict them of their sin and righteousness and judgment. And we're going to ask you to pray too, to be here and pray with your church family and individually. And then the number six is make this commitment formal. Make this commitment formal on January 22nd, 2023. You say, preacher, that's a long way from now. Well, I want you to mean business. I want you to pray about it and you get that name down. I want you, when God puts a name on you, I don't want you to say, oh, that person will never be saved. I better pick somebody easy. Don't do that. If God burdens you with somebody, you're praying God burdened me with somebody and they put that name in your heart and mind and he puts it there, that's your man or that's your girl. Go for it. But you make that commitment formal. Turn in that name. We're going to have a special Sunday for that commitment Sunday. For the mission of the church. And we're going, to have some, we're going to have some neat things going on to keep that ever before us. It will be our emphasis in 2023. You will not be alone. You won't be thrown out there. We're going to do what the Bible tells us to do in Ephesians chapter 4. And the Bible tells a pastor to do and that's equip people. And we're going to have emphasis and we're going to have training and we're going to have... Uh, different methods to, uh, to help you and equip you to share the gospel and to pray and learn. Let me just give you a couple of dates. January 22nd is Commitment Day. My college roommate and best man at my wedding, and I was best man at his wedding. 
Steve Foster. He's with the Georgia Baptist Convention. He's written us. He's written uh, a uh, a plan called No Sweat Evangelism. Now he hadn't been down here <laughs> with this humidity, but I think when he says No Sweat Evangelism, what he's saying is 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 to just to remove your your anxiety and 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 make it comfortable for you to where you can share the gospel effectively. And he's going to be here January 22nd. That's commitment day. He's going to preach for me. And then we're going to have that evening, we're going to have that no sweat evangelism training. And you get a mission, and then you get that training. It'll help you. And then I want you to put another date down. Put April 2nd down. Don Lum, the Mississippi Baptist Evangelism Director, a friend of mine, is going to be here, and he's going to encourage us in, in a message of the cross. I had supper with him a couple of weeks ago up in Jackson. And uh, we were fellowshipping, and the waiter came up and, uh, to give us the ticket. And Don Lum pulls out a blue cross. And he says, and he gives that cross to the waiter. And he says, feel that, that cross. He says, on the front side, it's rough. On the other side, it's smooth. He said, the front side says John 3, 16. That reminds you that God loves you, and he died for you on the cross. The smooth side tells you that you can love God, that you can love him back. And he presented a plan of salvation with him. And waiter left, and I said, give me that. And I said, no, not the ticket. Give me the cross. Give me one of the cross. And he gave me the, one of the crosses. And I said, can you come to First Baptist Church Ocean Springs and bring a whole bunch of these and teach my people how to do that? And you know what he said? Yes. And we're, he's coming April 2nd. And also, in addition to that, we're going to have some special emphasis Sundays and special events that you can invite your mission to, that you can invite them to, to where they'll hear the gospel. Um, evangelistic emphasis events to invite people to. For example, in February, we'll do, um, we got a great, a great uh, response from our Song of Solomon conference we did a few years ago. Well, I'm going to rewrite that material and we're going to do it again in February. Is that right? And for you to invite your mission couple to come and share the gospel and plead with them about Christ. And so uh, that's what we're going to be about, and that's what we need to be one mind on, and I want you to be praying about these things, okay, and asking God to give you a mind for it, because I want to tell you what, folks, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. Jay, you coming? Miss Tracy, you coming? I know Cole's coming. That's where I'm going. Amen. Come on, let's go. Let's go win some souls and let's grow. If we don't, where are we going to be in 15 years? Where are we going to be? Let's go win some souls. And let's be like-minded in all of that. Amen and amen. Oh, praise the Lord. This is Cole Andrews, the family minister here at First Baptist Church, Ocean Springs. I want to take a moment to say thank you for tuning into our podcasts and sermons today. We surely hope you have been blessed by the Word of God. I'd like to encourage you to visit our website, fbcosms.com, to learn more about our church. We sure would love to see you in church on Sunday. May God bless you.